Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers by teachers and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, your host and the school's technology innovation lead with the Technology for Learning team here at the New South Wales Department of Education. In other words, that means I have the best job in the world. And today I'm joined by not just one, but two members of a Technology for Learning team, Yvette and Linda. Yvette is the acclaimed author of The Puppy Diaries, but did you know she is also an English teacher and a Google certified innovator? Yvette, did I hear the latest issue of magazine.t4l is out in the newsstands? You did indeed. It's a bumper double issue. I'm so glad you asked me, Joe. Um, this issue, we are covering presentation tools. It's very cool. And we also have a double um, edition where we're celebrating our all-star schools out there. So check it out. Oh, it is so worth a read. We're also joined today by Linda and Linda is the person you need to know if you want STEM in your school. Linda is Waitara Public School alumni but now is the brains and the brawn behind the STEM.T4L program empowering schools across the state. Hi Joe, what an intro. Hi Beth. Hey Linda. So what's in store today? Well, if you listened before, you know we have tried to divide this podcast up like your school day. We start the day with assembly where we recount some stories from the week that have caught our eye, make our way to roll call where we share just the most gleaming ed tech resources and professional learning, catch up with a special guest over lunch and I can tell you we are heading deep out into the west of New South Wales today. We are going on an adventure and we'll discover a story that will warm your heart. And that's a story there. <laughs> then we'll answer your questions in playground duty and wrap it up with something left field in car park chat. But before we get started, how did everyone go, I wonder, with their homework? Did you explore something in AR, Yvette, Linda? Oh, I did, Joe. I f- and Yvette. I found something really clever called Vivino. It's an app about wine. What? And it's the right time of the term. I know it's maybe not educational, but <laughs> you scan your bottle of wine and it gives you ratings and reviews. And some restaurants you can scan the whole menu and it kind of selects the wine that you normally drink. Very clever. Very clever use of AR, but not educational. Sorry. It's just like AR and AI combined into yeah. one. Blows my mind. Unreal. Joe, now five minutes ago you showed me this awesome dragonfly AR. Can you please explain a bit more for everyone? Oh, it is exactly. That is everyone's homework from last week. Diving into the Google search yeah, engine. Yeah, did you do it? Is searching it? dragonfly. Mm. Yvette did it. Yep, I've done it. Yes. And you know what's interesting? It's where you can just pull a, an object out of Google Chrome and then walk it around your reality. Uh, it's got me thinking, particularly in the English vein, as everything does, about narrative and how you could walk students or characters through um, an AR world and how you could place a potential character that you might create um, in 3D or uh, and, and placing it into an AR world. So it's got me thinking actually about nonlinear narratives. I know. This oh, my God. My mind. We haven't even started the podcast today, people, and we're already exploring so much. So the Zoom call is about to begin. Bright Cove live streaming is going to commence. Yes, the assembly in 2020 might not only be physical, but also virtual. But no matter what, it's time to share stories of EdTech Awesome that make us just go wow. Now, listeners, if you're wondering what I'm meaning about Bright Cove or Zoom, you need to tune in to episode three of our podcast, where we unpack virtual celebration with guests from around the state and the world. It's definitely worth a listen. Linda, I think you've done the scuba suit today to discover a treasure. 
Something like that, Joe. So I've got a resource that really, you know, I think is exciting for schools to use. It's the Artificial Reef Project. So we've talked before here about sustainability and students having authentic things to do to kind of deal with the world's problems. And one of the UN's Development Global Goals, Life Below Water, is what this project is all about. And some very dear friends of mine, Professor Booth and Gigi Beretta, have put together, they're marine biologists, and they've built an artificial reef just by the Opera House in, in Sydney Harbour. Yep. So they've put these great teaching and learning resources together to allow teachers to use this 3D modelling in there, there's 360-degree footage in there of how they can create a better um, environment for fish life or, you know, marine life. They've also used some great Indigenous um, STEM practices to have it really authentic and make it as real as they possibly can. So there's great teacher resources there for stage two, three and four, cross KLA, really engaging and interactive resources. So I would really recommend people jump in there. It's a really nice project. This is awesome because it's a real linking back to that education week theme, which was Deep Blue, where students thought about the oceans and how they could do things to help preserve them. This sounds like a really awesome project that's close to a lot of our students being in Sydney Harbour. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that aren't close, the resources there are, are great enough that you could be involved. That is fantastic, isn't it? Cool, yeah. Cool. So, Yvette, what's got your eye this Got a week? slightly different tack. Uh, it's getting back to the skills of uh, not only what we want our students to have but also what we want our teachers to really develop as well and it's the idea of entrepreneurship and uh, it's to do with our Senior Pathways team who are working with ACE, the Sydney School of Entrepreneurship to develop some PL around entrepreneurism. I hope that's okay. <laughs> going to keep going. Uh, so there's some some pilot teachers undergoing this program and they're putting together some great ideas for entrepreneurship. But it got me thinking as well, particularly with STEM and with our senior students, we're often getting them to prototype apps or to develop uh, their ideas and take them into um, a business model. So I think that's not only fantastic that our teachers are developing their ideas and modelling stuff for the students to eventually look at, but also for us to, to keep growing and learning and thinking about actually how we can take our mm. ideas to the next level, whether it's to do with a KLA or whether it's to do with a great business idea. So I'm going to be interested to, to keep track of that project and I'll update you as we go along. And is there some things in there where classroom teachers can build some of that into their classroom practice as well? Ultimately, that's what they're working towards. It's still in the pilot phase, but I thought it was a cool project. Um, there's a lot of interesting things that teachers are undertaking at the moment out there. It's really interesting. That whole idea of entrepreneurship is something we totally need to be building in, in everyone. And we're seeing it during the period at the moment where you know we saw some unemployment figures which were released, which weren't um, actually going down a lot. And they were associated with the fact that people were actually just getting innovative and starting their own well, businesses. How many people do we know in this period of time who've started a side hustle, some of the side hustles are overtaking the real hustles, or it's it's a, um, a great outlet. We haven't really had the chance. I mean, not teachers per se, but, um, you know, whether it's our students or our, you know, our grandparents who are moving into entrepreneurship, I mean, there's never been a better time than 2020 to well, try something 20, new. 2020 has given us time. <laughs> we're not socialising, we're not going and doing travel, you know, so that's where the time comes into it. Oh, so Joe, many what teachers. Oh, oh, thanks, sorry. Linda. No, I was just going to say, so many teachers have got great ideas that we want to see them scale. So it's really awesome. I think this is a great initiative. And I do have a great idea. I've got something great that I found as well, I can tell you. It was along that AI route when you were talking earlier today, Linda. Um, and it was about how we can maybe trick AI and how AI maybe isn't all that smart. So I found this article. It was called, These Students Figured Out Their Tests Were Graded by AI and the Easy Way to Cheat. Because there were some students and what they did is they responded to these questions 
quizzes and they suddenly got their mark back and it was 50%. You know, they didn't get anywhere near what they thought they would and the mark came back almost instantaneously. And it was actually one of the parents who twigged and went, oh, the teacher probably isn't marking that quiz quite so fast. So they played and I think they called it um, word salad with the AI. So they answered with a bit of a sentence and then they just chucked in lots of words that they thought would be related to the question and related to the topic. So, you know, if you're talking about artificial intelligence, for example, you might put down AI, computers, data, technology, spreadsheets and just lay them down. Suddenly they were getting 100% on their exams. As they deserve that That's for innovation. Solving. <laughs> exactly. That's innovation. It's tantamount to when I uh, try and outsmart the chatbots where I give it all the information in the yes. first query. <laughs> yes, <laughs> So exactly. I applaud that actually. <laughs> but it really made me think like the AI is smart but actually it's only as smart Yeah, smart as the data that we put into it. And we have to be careful of that and have to be mindful of that because it's still biased as a result of it. We think that computers aren't and they're just very generic in how they respond to um, input that we put in, but actually they've been programmed by someone. So they're as biased as the information that's been put in there. So, yeah, really eye-opening article. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, we have certainly gone around the traps today, but I can tell you what, we're running out of time. Linda Lazenby. Oh, hi. Yvette Pashoglian. Hello. You meant to say present. Oh, present. Here. Yep. We are at Roll Call and my co-presenters have not cottoned onto my luck, as you could tell. But that does not matter as we're ready and here to explore and help you navigate the most awesome resources in professional learning. Yvette, have you found something for our listeners this week? Three of the most important syllables of your working life. Edutech, okay? You're going to hear that quite a lot from us. (laughs) Edutech is the biggest virtual education conference in the Southern Hemisphere and it's always huge. And the DOE involvement this year is entirely virtual. So uh, we will be actually broadcasting some special editions uh, live from Edutech. And uh, the program is coming together. There's a wonderful range of guest speakers, great topics that are being covered. But most importantly, the DOE is going to have its own virtual stream of PL. Let's get digital, I think it's called. It is. How exciting. It is. Yes. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about the panels which are coming up as well, oh. which will really are the benchmark of this program? I can tell you one of the panellists is actually in the room with us here today and that's Linda Lazenby. Linda, tell us a little bit so, more. Absolutely. Well, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I've only been in it. it was a bit, I, I think the joy of those panels was that the cross-section of people that we had on both of them, so it was really extraordinary. Mm. Absolutely. Hearing from the Voice of Schools, which is the one Linda was a part of, we've got educators from around the state. And we've also got a really great panel on New South Wales, uh, what our digital direction's going to be. Yeah, I think that will be very, very interesting for people yeah. to tune into, but there's going to be a huge array of information sessions, but super engaging stuff. We've got the zoo, we've got, you know, STEM team. Faculty, yes, STEM team, English faculty, the arts unit, yeah, Taronga Zoo, DART. Oh, my gosh. And then there's all the international speakers as well. So Mark Prensky, we've got Pazzi Salberg. There's so many people. I'm so excited. And you know what? I think we've even got a special edition of the podcast that we're going to line up. Yes, we do. I know. It's going to be fantastic, those three syllables, edutech. That's right. So 9th to the 10th of December, uh, November this year. Um, So make sure you look into registering for your tickets really, really soon. Uh, Absolutely. There's a great deal out there for New South Wales educators. Ten free tickets for every New South Wales public school. Head to the T4 website for all the details. Don't miss it. Make sure you use up all of those ten free tickets for your school. Great. 
Uh, Joe, what have you been looking into this week? Oh, well, this week I've actually found a really cool study, a really exciting research report. Now, a lot of people might be going, okay, Joe, who commissioned this report? Yes, it was commissioned by the Lego Foundation. So you can take it with a little bit of scepticism maybe, but I really like the messages that came out. It was called Children, Technology and Play. And it's all it went into two countries, so South Africa and the UK, and it was looking at the skills and knowledge that students develop when they play with technology, which I thought, oh, Oh, that's actually something that's really close to my heart because I am a firm believer in what the study found, which is that it builds imagination, you know, inspires creative thinking, problem solving, those kind of skills. Um, but we can often, you know, think that, oh, you know, play with technology, what's the output from it? But wow, think about the the amazing music that people could create, the, the stories that they could write, like you were talking about before, Yvette, by creating those multimodal narratives, simulations, experiences. There's so much you can do with technology and the report goes into unpacking a lot of those and all the skills that they were building and also focus on the fact that yes sometimes you need to give students a little bit of help to understand technology so like a guided play but then you can also allow free play like just put the iPad in the um, dress-up box and see what they actually do. <laughs> and I think that's really yep. cool um, and really, really exciting to see what happens. So, yeah, you know, that was I what th- I found. I think as adults we really lose that. I mean, I will say that joining the T4L team, there is a lot of that involved and you get to really stretch your brain and play. And a lot of our PL is really about that. So, you know, you need to check out what we're running at the moment because it encourages that thought and those ideas that you just run with. Um, And so often as adults, we just don't do that. We don't invest. We don't lose ourselves in the imagination. And I think, yeah. Yeah, it's a great article, Joe, to call out for teachers that potentially like to have all the control and all the knowledge before anything goes in front of the kids. I like that guided discovery. You know, teachers sit back, let the kids do with it what they want and see where they go with it. But a really great article to share with teachers that might be a bit hesitant. Exactly right. And it's about being a co-learner, I think, as you're saying with the students as well, because you can, you know, even if you might know something about it, you can do a little bit of pretending and then who knows where the students will take you as well. So, oh, enough from me though. Linda, did you discover anything? Um, I did. I listened to a great podcast this week, but I think this is professional learning for parents and school communities and teachers. It was um, the marvellous Maggie Dent, who is a parenting specialist. She's got a podcast called Parental as Anything. And I think I'm might have mentioned I have three primary school age children so this is very front of mind for me but this episode was on kids and online gaming so she had um, Brad Marshall who's clinical director of the internet addiction clinic just in Sydney and he talked through some of the impacts that gaming is having on young people's lives and what parents can do and I also took it as what teachers can do what things you need to be aware of when you look at what are they doing on the device and do you look at They talked about looking at the quality of what they're doing rather than the length of time. I think for parents and teachers for a long time, I've looked at what are the screen times of, you know, how long should a four-year-old be on a screen or a 10-year-old? But they're talking much more now about what they're doing and what is the quality of what they're doing and also whether it's having an impact on their other fundamental needs. Are they doing less socialising as a result of gaming? Are they doing less family time? Are they doing less imaginative play or outdoor time? So it was a really great episode just really on what we can do as, you know, parents and educators to make sure we're really allowing our kids to explore gaming in a way that's going Mm. to set them up for success. Pertinent questions, really. Aren't they like that resource that Linda's found and the the one from Lego, it sounds like they almost come from different angles but they come to the same point? Yes, 
And anything yeah. Maggie Dent says, I will always believe. <laughs> so I would really recommend you listen I don't know to it. But <laughs> Joe and I don't have kids. Can Karen Tinker? We just be kids. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. You know what, guys? My tummy is rumbling, so I think it's time for lunch. It, now it is lunchtime. We're not lucky enough to be in Korea where you get your KFC, Korean fried chicken, where the mad for garlic restaurants, yes, they do have amazing fried chicken there, have launched autonomous waiters in the name of COVID-19. They have 3D mapping built in, obstacle avoidance, and they are self-driving capable. Sometimes I think you just live in the wrong country. I know. I'm, I'm not worried about the autonomous waiters. I'm thinking of the restaurant that's called Mad for Garlic. Like... What kind of a restaurant is that? Not for date night? Yeah, no. Maybe it's all in the translation. I'm just not Sorry, sure. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> but I think that we should be challenging our students to think about this. They should create one of these autonomous robots. Absolutely. But all of this talk of KFC, it's just got to stop because we need to meet our special guest. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by someone we all three here admire greatly, and that is an inspirational leader of learning and teaching at Wilcannia Central School, Sarah Donnelly. Now, the T4L team connected with Sarah around about 12 months ago at Edutech 2019, where we were inspired by her story and determination, and it started a journey for us all. So with Edutech 2020, the virtual conference almost here, we thought it only fitting to reconnect with Sarah. And so it gives all of us great pleasure to welcome Sarah Donnelly, Acting Deputy Principal from Wilcannia Central School, to the virtual staff room. Hey Sarah, it's Yvette here. I'm wondering for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Wilcannia and how did it all begin for you? Hi Yvette, thanks so much for having me today. Um, I am Sarah Donnelly, so I'm currently Acting Deputy Principal here at Wilcannia Central School. I am originally from Sydney. I grew up in Bronte, so I'm an ocean lover and had a really strong connection with Aboriginal students and their families and the communities that I worked with in and around the eastern suburbs um, and also parts of Redfern. So I felt pretty strongly that I really wanted to go and live and work in a predominantly Aboriginal community. And a job at Wilcannia Central School popped up, caught my eye, and I made the 11 to 12-hour journey <laughs> out west to Wilcannia and have not looked back since. Had you ever I'm so privileged. Had you ever been there before, Sarah? I hadn't. Mm. I heard different things about it, but I'd never been probably further west than Dubbo, to be honest. Um, so it was the first time to come out and start at the beginning of last year. Absolutely. Well, I'm just so excited to, to, to hear you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, your experiences at, at Edutech 2019 and, you know, to inspire them to maybe think about going this year. So if you could tell us, you know, what did you find about the conference and what opportunities did it provide and, and what did it spark back out at Wilcannia? Absolutely, Joe. So Wilcannia is a remote town, for those of you who don't know much about it, on the Darling River, um, and the Barkindji people are the traditional owners. So as I mentioned, we're about 12 hours away. We're two hours away from Broken Hill. That's where I do my supermarket grocery shopping, and about two and a half hours from Cobar. So we are isolated in a way, but so well connected in many other ways. So the rich cultural connection that you have in a place like this, being a part of a small town, 
Uh, it's a really special experience to be here. But as someone who came from working in a metropolitan school, when I arrived, I it really became apparent to me the kind of disconnect that people in smaller remote schools might might feel and might experience. And professional learning, you know, you don't have that luxury of popping to the school down the road that's doing something amazing in, you know, pushing new things in their field. Um, and so I started looking at different conferences and things that I'd always kind of dreamt of going to. And Edutech was pretty high on the list. And I have to say that coming to a place like this, um, schools are really supportive and department is really supportive of you taking those opportunities. So I was privileged enough for my school to support me going back to Sydney, going to Edutech. And it really changed my, um, I guess it changed my outlook arriving in the big city at that conference from a remote school opened different conversations with people and I really came at the conference like through a lens of wanting to form connections that I could share with my staff and that would then better the experience of our students out here. So the fact of being able to go and listen to incredible speakers but most importantly being able to network with some of the roundtable discussions to share ideas with colleagues to sit with people who, like me, had travelled from far and wide, but also to create connections with uh, city, coastal, metropolitan schools that we could then work with. And then on top of that, to then go into the, um, the sort of exhibition hall section, which is where I then made my connections and met Joe and some of the T4L team. And the rest is history, really. It was just the opening or the doorway to a professional partnership um, that has really enabled us to open op lots of options for our school here in Wilcannia and to share it with other schools in the area. Mm, it's such a great story, Sarah. So we talked about a few weeks ago about your inspirational video um, from Little Things, Big Things Grow that you worked on in term two. Do you want to share with us some of the inspirational stories of digital learning at Wilcannia? Absolutely. So we have a wide range of um, students and families and, and when COVID-19 first hit and we had to move to home learning and digital learning, um, a lot of our students didn't have access to internet in the same way that others might. So we were determined not to let that um, lessen the experience or put a stop to continuity of learning. So we had to think outside the box a little bit with our digital learning, but we decided to turn to um, to platforms that we already use uh, with our families and that we already use to connect with our students. So the video that you're mentioning was a project that we ran um, in partnership, I guess, with the local radio station. So every day our teachers were going to the local radio station and were actually interviewing and talking about um, the learning activities for the day and we were delivering home learning packs to go with them. Part of that also was we wanted to have a bit of an interactive singing lesson and I teach music to the kids each week and um, you know wasn't able to do that while we were away. So we wanted to create a video that would show students and their families that although we were all at home we were still very much connected and that we were thinking of everyone. And then we decided to put 
a song out through the radio station that kids could then use um, their parents' phones to send us selfie videos of them singing along that we put together all in a video to keep us all connected. And that also linked to the fact that we use Facebook as a platform to connect with our families. They rely, most of our families rely on credit for internet access at home. So using something like Facebook as a platform to share information, uh, to send videos, to share learning activities, um, that was our main form of digital learning. Mm, it's pretty amazing what's possible, Sarah, um, you know, in times of change and under stewardship like yours as well. I think it's such an interesting project that has incredible ramifications for other schools to maybe think about working with stakeholders like radio stations or with the families and really um, building on those community links. I think your particular example is just so fascinating and, you know, absolutely going to inspire loads of other teachers and, and, and communities of schools out there. Um, congratulations on that. Um, as you know, Edutech is going online this year and um, we're, we're sad not to see you this year. Um, but I'm wondering, I know that it will be a virtual event this year, so it will be a little bit different to what we've had in the past. But do you have any advice around... Um, you know, what those attendees should be looking for online or what they could think about while they're signing up. Even though it is digital, there still be, will be loads to look at. Have you got any basic advice? I know that you enjoyed the mixing socially and, and getting around to see the exhibitors, but um, in terms of professional learning, what, what opportunities do you think are out there? So I have to say, in our setting, uh, we are so used here at Wilcannia Central School, we are so used to online learning as adults and professional learning experiences. So one thing I would say is that when a lot of colleagues started moving to, you know, online learning and having to think about that platform for professional learning, and that was a change for us, that was just kind of the norm. And you really do get used to it and start to recognise the amazing opportunities that you can still have through that kind of online learning uh, conference setting. I think the big thing for me about Edutech was the wide range of um, different things that I was able to experience or see. You know, Edutech isn't just about what's um, moving forward in coding or learning design. It really does provide um, opportunities to sort of engage or listen to inspirational people just across all sectors of education, which Rather, if you're a primary person, it's really interesting to learn about secondary. If you're in early education, there's so much value in hearing inspirational stories of the other end of the learning journey. And I think for me, that's what it is to look at. It's to open your eyes and to really look for different experiences and then think about reflecting on how that connects to what I'm doing, the context that I'm in and where I want to head in my educational journey. That is the best advice I've heard. And I think when when when, when I met you, Sarah, uh, I really was blown away by your out-of-the-box thinking, by how completely determined you were. And I think you spoke of that. You were so determined to get an opportunity when you came to Edutech. And just determined and driven to support the students in your community, um, which blew us away. And, and that just even gives me renewed vigour for the types of sessions that I'll be thinking about selecting when I go to Edutech. 
But um, we wanted to finish with something exciting because we, we, you know, we, you might have heard of this podcast called Desert Island Discs where you have to choose the uh, CDs, old-fashioned, that you would take with you if you were left on a desert island. But we here at the Virtual Staff Room, we play something called Rocket Ship Robots. So it is what robot or what piece of tech would you take with you if you found yourself on your way to outer space? So what would it be? Oh, that is a fantastic question. If I found myself on the way to outer space. It's a tough one. Exactly. And we're putting you on the spot here. I think, Yvette, what did you have? <laughs> I, had, I had robot baristas to start with because coffee is very important, even going into space. <laughs> but it could be something small. It could be something big. Yeah, I, I, Sarah, I wanted to take my phone so I could download all of the Spotify catalogue and listen to it with no internet. It was the internet you wanted, Linda. I really did want that as well. <laughs> I don't think you can fit that in your suitcase. <laughs> so, Sarah, what's it going to be? Do you know what? I think if that was me heading out to space, I love reading and I love songwriting. So I think that my technology would either have to be something that I could read um, mm-hmm. to keep me entertained all the way to space and to continue learning because I'm a lifelong learner, a lover of learning and being interested about different things happening. And I like learning about where I'm headed. So it might have to be something about the place that I'm visiting in space or something to record thoughts or ideas or brainstorming tool, Um, perhaps an iPad with my Apple Pen so that as I was thinking (laughs) and reflecting, all of that would be recorded. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the best. Well played, Sarah. Well played. And look, we encourage every one of our listeners out there to go and take a listen to that amazing video that you created. Uh, To go and look up Wilcanny Essential School and see some of the awesome things on your website. Um, We wish we'd asked you to bring your guitar to today's podcast. I can tell you to hear, um, you know, your your beautiful voice and and lovely song. But we really want to thank you for your time and for everything you do for the community out at Wilcannia. You not only inspire them, but you inspire us. So thank you very much. And um, Thanks for joining us on the virtual staff room. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Can I make one final plug before we go? Of course. I'd just like to encourage anyone that is listening to this, thinking about maybe um, taking themselves on a journey to a rural or remote school in New South Wales, do it and jump in with both feet. It's the most amazing experience and really it just opens so many possibilities so many opportunities. Um, It's the best thing I've ever done and I would strongly encourage anyone to give it a go. So connected community schools, working with Aboriginal communities in particular, but get out, get to rural remote. We need you um, and you won't regret it. What a plug. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. It's now time for the most challenging time of the day. It's playground duty. And boy, do we have a tough question today. Linda and Yvette, I hope you have done your research for this one. Now, the question this week comes from our trawling of social media to find out what people are talking about and the challenges that they are experiencing. And this week, it's all about connecting parents and community members with things going on at school. So it might be an art exhibition, an assembly or more. So... What do we have up our sleeve to help them? Linda? Well, you know, people are thinking outside the box about having 
community members come into school virtually. So our STEM T4L kits is a great place to start if you've got a filming kit, if you've got any of our 360 degree cameras. I know that Tea Gardens Public School did a school tour using their 360 degree cameras, which is fantastic. And Cumberland High School have used similar technology to create a cluster of schools and the primary schools that feed into them. So use the kits that you have in your school. And if you need more help with how to use it to create something, reach out to your STEM leader. Oh, Great advice. I always do. That is the do. best advice. <laughs> Me too. Exactly. What have you got, Joe? What's your advice? Well, look, I've there's actually something that's just recently been published called the Virtual Celebrations Toolkit created by lots of different teams from across the department to help schools out for just this purpose. So it's perfect. And um, the one story that I think resonated with me, or there were two, one of them was on using Brightcove, which is a great platform open to all New South Wales Department of Education schools, but Brightcove is just a little bit like Facebook. Oh, sorry, not Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, as different version of YouTube. And the principal, Clint White from Sylvania Heights Public School, ran people through how to use it and his experiences. And like, I remember it was on our podcast as well that he talked about it. And that was episode three people where he said it's as simple as one, two, three, you know, to basically, you know, record your footage using your iPhone, uh, download it to your computer to edit it and then upload it to Brightcove. So it's available for your community. And I thought that is awesome. And the second little mini one is using a tool like Zoom. We saw um, Nimwe Rakun from Billabong High School talk about her amazing experience of connecting everyone in their school. The disco. Yeah. Yes, it was amazing and so simple. So check out the Virtual Celebrations Toolkit. Yeah, Event. cool, Joe. Actually, one thing in the Celebrations Toolkit that I really enjoyed was a particular example of pulling together um, a school band performance from Hornsby North Public School and the amazing um, uh, music director... Music director Lachlan Hamilton managed to stitch together all of the pieces and the parts being played by students individually at home um, and it was just brilliant what he's been able to do and he shares his story and advice as well in the toolkit. So as a musical person, a music lover, I think um, you're gonna, you, you'll love that sample. Um, other great things that are showcased as well in the toolkit are things like virtual art exhibitions, which some schools were already doing well before we changed into in and out of online learning. Um, and it's just a great way to showcase art even by year. So I know Summer Hill Public School have just launched their virtual art show. Borkham Hills North Public School have literally done one by class. So you can go in and check out um, every single class's virtual art exhibition. And we know that there's a couple of high schools out there behind the scenes at the moment working on their senior works, their HSC works, that will be they'll be releasing virtually once um, the students complete their works and have them, have them marked. So, um, yeah, I just love that idea. Oh my gosh, we have given such amazing answers if I don't say so myself. So please make sure you check those ones out and keep your questions coming in. We want some tough ones that we have to really go and research. Not too tough. Not too tough. You're right. We might just leave those ones aside. But no, we want all your tough questions and we will aim to answer them in this session of the podcast. So... I can see you both looking at your watches. Yvette's just picked up her phone. But I think we can just squeeze in some time in the car park to chat all things we have been loving. Whilst you're thinking, I am going to kick it off and there is no one aviation reference in this podcast. What have we Thank done wrong, Linda? Except for the word <laughs> aviation that I just mentioned. However, what I found this time is something called Store Lift. And it is a really cool thing. It launches, it's, they're launching these autonomous convenience stores that are encased in shipping containers. 
Okay, so it's in a shipping container for a reason because they want to make it mobile. And I saw another version of this actually being used in uh, Scandinavia where a lot of the times in the remote communities, you know, they don't have access to a shop or the shop's closed down. And so what they do is these shipping containers are put in different communities and there might be one person that actually fills up the shipping container in maybe four or five communities. But the shops are left without an attendee or without a shop assistant. Oh, like it's a large vending machine? Almost. Like a large vending machine. But it's so smart. Because when you walk into the vending machine, there's cameras everywhere and it's a bit Big Brother-like, but it can actually tell because, you you know, you go in, you scan something so it knows who you are, but then it can tell when you pick something up off the shelf, it actually puts it into your wallet. But if you put it back on the shelf again so you're just looking at it, it takes it away. That's what Coles need at their self-serve <laughs> checkout. <laughs> That's amazing, Joe. So So I really like that. That was blowing my mind. I'm just starting to think about how we can transform it into the school canteen. That's my next job. Yeah. (laughs) So, Linda. I, so this week I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I don't know if either of you have actually seen it yet. I know Jacob, our producer, said he had. It's a really interesting piece. It's got some key players from Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, heaps of different platforms and the ex-staff that have worked on those platforms and they're talking through the algorithms they created to get us engaged slash addicted slash everything. Um, And it's so interesting. It talks about that, the way they've designed things for that instant gratification that we're after and the way that we stay on a phone and just keep scrolling down the rabbit hole and the fact that they're targeting what they're doing to make us just keep sitting there was absolutely fascinating. There was a really interesting piece in there about um, some of these, you know, high-flying CEOs and how they're addicted to their email and they really and truly can't go any more than a few minutes without checking their emails. It was really fascinating. So turn all your notifications off is... I think the advice from, but I would recommend you watch it. Yeah, I mean, that's really scary. But at the same time, we all know that the thing we need to do before we go to sleep each night is to turn the devices off and get the blue light screens out of our space. So, but do any of us actually do that? I really would love to know that. Um, Mine is a little smaller scale and it all came down to being out in the country a few weeks ago. I went to a lovely little town called Boronor, which is just outside of Orange. And basically, if you look up at night, it is pretty amazing. And it's not just because we spoke to Professor Lisa Harvey-Smith last week, I genuine, genuinely wanted to know a little, little bit more about the, the stars and the sky I was looking at. And, Joe, this is where we come back to the AI, AR stuff that we were supposed to do our homework on. And there was an app that I used called Skyview Light. It's free. There is a, a, a more heavy-duty version. But basically, if you just hold your phone up to the stars, it um, draws the constellations together. And I actually had never understood how the stars worked and how the images of, you know, Gemini or Pisces came together and if you literally just hold it up to the stars it shows those those um, images so look it also shows other bright objects in the sky even satellite stations and um, satellites that are moving across all the International Space Station so um, guys go to the country and look up it's amazing. (laughs) This is amazing I always remember it's something I did with my dad is go outside and start to look up at the stars and he always used to point out all those different things and I know now I look back oh I can't remember so something like that I think and if you use it with you know maybe young children and other things like that it will really be a memory that sticks with them because the stars are such a wonder and we're all under that one and same load of stars no matter where we are in the world it's a really awesome thing to connect people up with at the moment so what a lovely app Yvette so when I'm doing with my flight radar and looking at the airplane I can oh, now hang on he just, just snuck that in that. can't help himself <laughs> <laughs> oh now don't you now we still have one more little gem to share with you we've got 
to give you your homework. Now, last week it was all fun about AR. This week it's medicine, okay? So I'll be doing some reading and found that there's eight bad habits that are destroying your PC. So what are you not allowed to do? You're not allowed to leave it on the covers. So it isn't a laptop. So you don't put it on your lap or on the covers. You leave it on the table because it needs to have lots of air around it to keep nice and cool. Don't rest your tea or coffee on your laptop. It doesn't like it, especially when water starts to get in there. Now, who's played Frisbee with their computer? You just get home, oh, chuck it on the bed. <laughs> I don't it's... know what you're doing at home, Joe. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I might have done that once or twice. No, but my... I won't be Mine's fallen off quite a few surfaces. I think it's got the same effect. Exactly, mm. exactly. But you could be ruining your solid state drives by doing that. I know that sounds – I actually don't know what that is. What is a solid state drive? I'm not drive. sure. It's it just sounds terrible. Yes, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're the ones that don't, but I'm sure that's it. Now, this is the biggest myth. I thought you had to let your computer drain – don't make sure it's always plugged in and you don't let it drain out okay so that was a really it's like shallow discharging so you know you can do that i know but i might be wrong but that's what the article told me so make sure you give your pc a clean this weekend and also make sure that you get rid of those bad habits now don't forget we're not tech experts we are teachers so don't take tech advice from us make sure you go and read that article and then always make sure you revisit and check the product manual and manufacturer's guidelines so that you are doing the right thing to keep you and your machine safe Yvette and Linda it has been a pleasure Real crack of this episode. Loved it has it. been some amazing stories. And this podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Juice with the assistance with the assistance and the supreme coordination of the entire T4L team. But before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your questions for playground duty, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay compassionate. Passionate, everyone. Thanks for joining us.